This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief for NEGM Catalyst, and today in our series of talks with CEOs who have uh, managed their organizations through amazing times recently, we're interviewing my old friend and colleague, Danny Jacobs, who just under three years ago became the president of Oregon Health Sciences University. Danny's from rural Arkansas, and he went to Wash U for medical school before coming east for training. And we got to know each other when he was a surgical fellow at Brigham and Women's Hospital, and I was training in cardiology. Uh, he was a great colleague then, and he went on to leadership roles to Duke and University of Texas before coming to OHSU. Now, when Danny joined OHSU, there were plenty of issues uh, that were challenging for this AMC's missions, but no one could have predicted COVID or George Floyd and, and the challenges that they would pose for his community. Uh, maybe we could have predicted the wildfires, but I don't think anyone thought they would be as bad as they were for Portland. Before we get into the challenges that these all pose for you and your management team uh, last year, could you tell listeners who might not know much about OHSU a little bit about the organization? Sure. Uh, thanks, Dr. Lee, uh, Tom. So, um, Oregon Health and Science University is Oregon's only public academic health center. Uh, we encompass three hospitals, not counting our VA and Triners Hospital affiliations, and we have medical, dental, nursing, physician assistant, and public health schools. Uh, we are Oregon's and one of the nation's leaders in tertiary and quaternary care, and our research programs on average rank in the top 25% nationally. We're also the city of Portland's largest employer with more than 18,000 employees, and we have about 5,000 students. Um, we like to say our primary mission and reason for being is to support the health and well-being of those in Oregon, uh, folks in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Well, I've visited OHSU a couple of times, and I feel like your mission is making everyone else feel jealous of the place you get to live and work in. Uh, it's yeah unspeakably beautiful campus and unspeakably beautiful city. And you've got many great people doing great work. I mean, I know primary care, family practice, and ophthalmology training programs are top 10. Um, it seems idyllic, but last year, last year seemed like a perfect storm, actually multiple perfect storms. Can you describe the confluence of challenges that you and your team were facing last year? Well, yes. Um, well, first, absolutely. Um, I agree that um, Portland is a beautiful place and it's a beautiful city. And certainly we have many, many strengths, but um, the pandemic is like nothing I've seen in my lifetime. And at the university, certainly it's been challenging to try, as we try to address the effects uh, of the pandemic on our university and those we serve, uh, the associated public health challenges, as well as getting our communities vaccinated. Uh, like you referenced, on top of that, in the past year, we've seen a social justice uprising that frankly reminds me of the civil rights movement. Uh, you also referenced the wildfires that devastated our state. Uh, but, you know, I would add in a contentious presidential election uh, and the storming of the U.S. Capitol. It, it really has been uh, relentless. One of the most important critical aspects of what we've experienced this past year, uh, those events have been magnified by the challenges of racial and social inequities and racism in general. 
in my view, it's been a common theme underlying all of these crises. So while historically um, marginalized people and communities have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and its effects, I think it's also true that many eyes and hearts and minds have been opened, if only because how these various challenges have converged. Uh, we're seeing people mobilized to take action like never before, certainly not in my lifetime. And importantly, I'm hearing people speak out for what's right and to share their beliefs, where I think an important necessary first step is to actually name the challenges, name inequities, name racism, to acknowledge their presence as uncomfortable uh, as that might be. Now, equity issues have roiled every city, but incredibly, I think maybe more Portland than any other I know of. Um, yeah. How has this affected life on the campus where you're trying to take care of patients and do surgeries? Yeah. And um, what has this meant for you and your management team trying to get through the, mm -hmm. the week and the month and the quarter? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's uh, fair to say that uh, equity issues are deeply felt by the uh, members of our university. I think they're also palpable in terms of what I see and hear from my legislators and folks in the community. Uh, at OHSU, we're trying to face them head on. As I said, it's not easy. It's often uncomfortable. But I believe and I think our members believe it's the right thing to do. In that light, one of the things we decided and, and, and said was most important was to, uh, you know, the expression, turn the mirror on ourselves, uh, to examine our own house, if you will. So in, in that, uh, that light, we publicly described our desire to become a trauma-informed, multicultural, anti-racist institution, free of discrimination and harassment, where everyone is welcomed and empowered to do good work. Uh, we certainly are proud of what we've done as an institution, but we thought we had ample opportunity to ask what we could do better. So for the better part of the last year, maybe even beginning beforehand, as the university engaged in its uh, institution-wide OSU 2025 strategic plan, uh, we've been focused on identifying racism, discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, and other obstacles to success and happiness uh, might exist at OHSU. One important step that we'll be taking uh, this week is to hire a nationally renowned expert in these areas to help us to come in and conduct a comprehensive investigation, turning the light on ourselves, as I say, or turning the mirror on ourselves. We think this is important to uh, help uh, guide our new actions, the actions we will be taking, taking. and uh, an important part of that is helping to hold us accountable for furthering an environment and culture at OHSU that speaks to and reflects the highest ideal. So, so I think you got to what was going to be my next question, which is how do you organize for it? I think part yeah. of the answer, at least, is that you're engaging an outsider who, you know, is you can everyone should be able to trust is going to be objective to help right. you look in the mirror and be right. honest about what's there. That, that's exactly right. And it's important to note that, you know, we're, 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 the uh, investigator will be reporting to the uh, HR committee of the board. 
And so we hope that that will instill further trust that we really are doing a deep and dense evaluation of ourselves. And we expect recommendations to come forward uh, in terms of how we can improve. That doesn't mean that we're not continuing a lot of internal work. Like I said, much of that uh, actually started before the events of the past year, where you know we've been trying to reflect on who we want to be a, a academic medical center. I referenced our clinical strategic plan actually was a crowdsourced uh, approach to strategic planning where we uh, provided ways for the whole community to help identify, you know, our timeless aspirations or goals. Uh, and then what objectives should be informed by those goals. And then uh, being even more granular and rigorous, saying, well, here are the specific objectives, here are the tactics, here are the things that we're going to measure. Here's how we will report it uh, to make sure that we're on pack on task and on track. And so that was a really important part of, uh, you know, saying, yes, we can do some things internally, but in this particular instance, it's always valuable in my view to have, have outside expertise uh, that are allowed to function independently uh, of me uh, and uh, the leadership team in terms of assessing our culture. Well, that are, those are two pretty interesting innovations that I think ref reflects the uh, nature of the community that uh, your medical center's in. Uh, you're mm -hmm. crowdsourcing your strategic plan, and you have something like an external audit of your culture. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see how, how all that plays out. But your mm -hmm. team must be exhausted. Uh, how yeah. do you go about sustaining the morale of your workforce and your managers through times yeah. like you've you've been through? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things we did was uh, to remind ourselves that we need to ask our members and our community what we can do to help, right? Instead of assuming uh, that we have uh, the, the best solutions to address the challenges, uh, that's uh, faulty uh, in my experience, and I think not necessarily the best way to get what needs to be done in the in the eyes of the folks that are, you know, living and experiencing COVID-19 and related challenges. We certainly have been in uh, nonstop crisis mode, you might say, for the last year. Um, as, a, as a leadership team, including our board, you know, we are believers in crisis management best practices. And as you probably know, um, or have heard, or have uh, taught, you know, in our view, every, cri every crisis has two phases, of course, the event itself, uh, but we also have to be ever mindful of the effects of the events that follow, uh, the tail, if you will. Uh, certainly, as we experience here, the event itself can be over overwhelmingly stressful, uh, but the tail can be even more challenging. And so uh, because uh, of the challenging effects of the tail and also because, you know, the tail effects may change rapidly, in some cases almost daily, we said we had to do everything possible to be sure our activities were aligned, coordinated, and well communicated, densely communicated as one university. So, for example, we set up various, set up, um, various committees addressing our administrative uh, support services, our clinical um, um, activities, our education and research programs. Uh, we even set up an incident incident 
infrastructure uh, for patient care services in particular, where one of the most important outcomes was to manage our patient care services, but also help the state manage, it, manage its response. And there are many examples here, um, but it includes looking at HR, HR availability, working from home, uh, what sort of devices must be provided to those who were able to work at home, uh, COVID-19 hotline, hardship funds um, provided in part by philanthropy, uh, virtual and research uh, virtual uh, accommodations for our research and education programs. And all of this was overseen and, and even to this day is managed by University Transition Task Force. Our effort was to make sure that all of the folks involved in the various mission activities uh, were seeing the same problem set addressing them in a unified manner, communicating that effectively to all of our employees. Well, a tremendous amount of activity. Uh, my last question is, what sustains you through all this? Uh, well, um, you know, it certainly has been exhausting, as, as you said earlier. And, and I personally take a, um, I have a great sense of pride that our institution and its members are trying to fill what what I would say are very important roles for the state. I think it's actually that mission that keeps our people going. It also helps keep me going. Uh, and I, I would also say that uh, it's been great to, to see such an outpouring of support from some of our community partners. Uh, I try to remember uh, and try to remind everyone to tell the good stories that are happening every day uh, and there are many of them, and I, I don't want us to lose track of them. Just today, for example, we had a virtual town hall where we reflected upon the events of the last year and its impact on our people. We wanted to recognize the lives that have been lost, uh, but also we wanted to recognize the tremendous contributions our members have made. Uh, one of the things that's most gratifying and marvelous uh, uh, for me is I had a chance to visit some of the mass vaccination sites that we had set up um, in the area. Um, and we did this in partnership with the Red Cross and our local airport authority. And that was really just seeing folks volunteering to uh, staff those clinics uh, helped remind me about the good stories, uh, if you will. And that's our effort to uh, improve public health. So, so along the way, the other thing I think has been very helpful is, uh, as I referenced earlier, trying to, um, you know, be clear about what we know and what we don't know, to have, you know, open and honest communication regularly. Uh, that includes uh, a daily newsletter that we publish just to keep people up to date. Uh, and I think the other thing that's been really important for our members is in addition to all the things that are happening right now, we spend time and are spending time identifying what can or should be taken off our to-do list. You know, what should be prioritized when and why is the question we ask ourselves. Because if you don't mind the analogy, you know, there's so many plates spinning at the same time. I think it's incumbent upon our leadership team and me to say, well, gosh, you know, what can we take off the plate? What plate can we not spend? as we get to the other side of the, the pandemic, although there will be ongoing work and effort needed around equity and the other issues we, men we mentioned earlier. One of the things we heard from our members was, you know, we, need, we needed additional wellness resources for employees. So 
uh, we've had a chance to stand up those kinds of resources for our people as well. And I think that's been welcomed. Well, it's been an amazing year, and I'm, I know that you and your team have risen to the occasion, and I'm, there, may be, well, there are going to be more challenges ahead. And I'm sure that uh, you'll be stronger because of uh, all the lessons learned. Uh, we'll be really interested to hear how things go with that equity audit and the crowdsource mm -hmm. strategic plan, uh, so we'll be checking in. Okay, well, thank you so much uh, for the questions, for the conversation, and uh, we, we plan uh, to uh, continue to be better, you know, that old song, better every day. Thank you so much, Danny. All right, thank you very much, Tom. Thanks.